On this week's show, we talk to Owen Mooney, who works with Special Olympics Ireland as the coach and sports development officer. We chat about building relationships, developing coaches, the importance of learning from others, and the new avenues available through technology in which to do so. Really enjoyed the chat with Owen. His positivity is contagious. I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Owen, you're very welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. It's great to have you. We're delighted to have you in. Um, You've lots of experience in the coaching world, and we will get to that in the course of the conversation. But for now, you're starting a new role with Special Olympics Ireland as Coach and Sport Development Coordinator. So maybe we'll dive in and you can maybe explain to us what that role entails. Uh, Thank you, Stephen and Neil, for having me on today. Um, In relation to Special Olympics Ireland, I've recently started starting the 25th of June um, as, as you said, Coach and Sport Development Coordinator. Um, It's sort of a new role. Uh, there was a couple of people in, in it before, Lizzie Broderick, who'd done a fantastic job beforehand. And uh, Kieran Coventry, who's my director, has uh, rewrote this to suit uh, the changing needs within Special Olympics Ireland, especially in relation to um, coach development, coach education. My role is to provide a coaching pathway for all of our coaches. Now, that coaching pathway ha- is in. Um at the minute, one thing I'm working on now is the long-term athlete development, so a coaching model for our coaches as well as our athletes. We have a pathway for whoever comes in in relation to coaching and as participants as well as our coach developers. Um, again, it's to make sure that our coaches are supported, our clubs are supported, and obviously our volunteers within that. So there's a lot of crossover in my role. So as the as the lead in coach education and um, coach development, I'd be linking with our club coordinator in Central also. Obviously, she works with the clubs in relation to the young athlete program, physical literacy, as well as the athlete leadership I'll be linking in with our health coordinator also um, in relation to the healthy athletes and also working with very closely with Elaine Toomey. Um, Elaine is sport development manager in relation to events and uh, general sport development. So I'll be looking after the officials um, helping the officials out in terms of courses and referees. And Elaine looks after the competition end um, and obviously the uh, development team. So within each team, or within each sport, uh, we have a development team of volunteers um, who look after, uh, kind of again, giving them empowerment, so to help develop the sport, as well as develop themselves, as well as develop the athletes and the clubs within that. And our role in Central, along with the regions, um, is extremely important. So we have five regions, Eastern, Leinster, Connaught, Ulster and Munster and within those regions they'll be working with the clubs on the ground in terms of events, area events and at the minute now we're in a four year cycle, start of a four year cycle again so with Special Olympics it works in a four year cycle like the World Cup or the European Championships um, and there's the start of one so it's the area based um, area based events uh, and then it goes the regional obviously and then goes the Ireland Games and then the last one is obviously the World Games. Now Again, very similar to the World Cup and European Championships. There's an Ireland Winter Games coming up um, next March in Craigavon and Lisburn for alpine skiing and for floorball, which is um, one of our new sports, floorball. Um, so within the regions, obviously, as well, in relation to my role, again, uh, supporting the regions, again, in terms of the coach development um, and our tutors. So our new coach developers, I have them in this Saturday. Um, so the 17th, and obviously this will be going out after that date. Um, so hopefully the event has went, will have went well. And my role for our coach developers 
is to engage them a lot more. So to go out and support them as much as we can, but also for them to support each other. So what I'm looking to do is create a community of practice um, so that they can learn from each other, learn from us, uh, give them feedback. So reflect our practices basically for our, co- our coach developers. And that's something I'm looking for our coaches as well. So Okay, I'm going to jump in here. Right. Communities of practice. Yes. So that's a, I love that phrase. <laughs> um, could you maybe give me a couple of examples? And I know you're saying you're setting it up and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but maybe some examples of what you'd love to see happening mm-hmm. in, in, a, in, in a practical sense. So there's a couple of different ways we can work it. So again, I'm hoping to have a artistic approach to that. So whether it's um, on the Microsoft Teams that we would use in order for communication, kind of like obviously WhatsApp and stuff as well, to communicate with the coaches and the coach developers so that if they ask a question, everybody is seeing the question. Everybody will see the answers also. Um, in terms of face-to-face, so obviously the blended learning in terms of that, but then the face-to-face element starts obviously this Saturday the 17th so coming in on my role for that in order for the community practice is very generic so what I'm planning on doing is setting a few tasks getting them to show us some of their best tasks that they use when they're developing coaches on a course um, how we can tweak that help each other help themselves give each other feedback um, but continue to learn at that and have again a, a support network for our coaches you know so if somebody sees somebody whether it's a new video or if they see um, a good uh, went to a course and they seen um, a good task that another tutor did kind of to make a note of that and let us know about it because we want things to be different and varied for our coaches coming to our courses just like as coaches we want that for our players too um, and a little bit for our coach developers especially there's there's a lot of support for our athletes for our players and in other governing bodies as well and Sport Ireland um, and Sport and I do a lot of work um, with us in terms of our coach developers is also um, so linking in with them as well so obviously Healy Harrison in terms of um, Sport Ireland and Simon Tool in terms of Sport and I so that they're involved in the process also and um Sheila Quinn is coming on Saturday so Sheila's looking after the coaching children element of it and some new tasks for our tutors some new um, ideas for them and then mine's the generic end so then after that I hope to bring them back at least two times over the next year as a group on our own you know. So this sort of community practice, you're hoping, obviously, the practical sessions and the online stuff, you're helping mm-hmm. people will learn, but you're hoping that they'll sort of connect with each other and actually help each other learning as they go through. Yeah. And have is that something, like, is this new or have you seen this in action elsewhere? Or well, I'm, I'm interested, I think, because this is really practical. People can use this in their clubs. I'm just thinking in my own club, like, if we got the under 12s to talk to the, the under 12 managers to talk to the under 10 managers, that would be really really beneficial and I'm just wondering have you got experience of this before yes yeah, so a couple of uh, so two uh, obviously I could I could go on for a little bit on this um, but two main instances um, professionally and um, as, a, as a coach developer myself and as a coach myself so the first one would be um, the player development um, uh, WhatsApp group that Philip Kerr obviously from Derry well experienced coach coach developer kind of like the messiah kind of for me as well a little bit uh, Philip set up a group um, for player development obviously there's some it's I think it's coming up to 175 coaches I think he has on it all over Ireland I think nearly every county has hit Fermanagh wasn't hit when he first brought up the numbers so obviously I've changed that plus when I was in New York I added that in too so kind of two birds of one stone he got hit there but um, what Philip would do would put in post questions into that WhatsApp group um, he would send in videos he would send in pictures how would coaches deal with this 
other coaches as well if they're having issues um, in their clubs or in their own coaching you know would ask the questions as well to see what kind of feedback they're going to get um, very useful and again it's tailored to coaches so if you don't put in anything into the group you're going to see stuff and it's a good way of you know if anybody isn't sure or if they think there might be a stupid question but there is no stupid questions and um, then they may think oh well i'll wait and i might try this and um oh i like that i like that video and i like the way philip was talking about that or um some of the other coaches on it so they'll have a go at it um now practically then um, Philip obviously does coach education and stuff, coaching workshops or I learn. So you get to see it practically then if you go to those. So there is that blended learning element also. And obviously people will put in different resources into the group to have a look at. So again, another element of the blended learning online. Um, in relation to uh, professionally based, so when it was obviously with Rockland, it happened to tried to get it. Um, and it worked to a certain extent. Again, it's a little bit more difficult in the sense of getting it started. Um, and not everybody is going to take it on board straight away, which is great. Doesn't really bother me. Small steps, um, you'll get, you'll make the journey eventually. But with Ulster, Ulster GA, when I worked for previously for them, we would have done like a mentoring system um, and went out to mentor coaches, mentor clubs, and it was part of our work. But it was something that was extremely enjoyable because you were getting to the nitty gritty of what coaches want, uh, if they want help with general organization general planning or club plan or specifically in relation to their teams um so one thing that we would always stress to clubs especially is have that pathway for the players and that coaches know about it and have them involved in the process so instead of owen mooney or Stephen Bean or niall williams coming in and saying here's your plan here's what you're going to do they're not going to take ownership of it so we would have set up forums for the clubs um, and brought the club in so we would be facilitating it and kind of steering it in a direction that we think the club are going to go down or what they've already said to us but the coaches the volunteers the parents there they're driving it so it's their ideas we would have left after the first session cleared that information brought it back and then looked to have them kind of look at areas where they want to focus on so if there's 10 areas come up after the first night we're going to bring it back and listen we're not going to go through these 10 areas so can you prioritize where you want to go with this so um it could be in relation again a pathway so what should be done at under sixes eights tens all the way up to under 18s and what is involved in that so i've done it with my own club list scheme it's i um, done it with a few other clubs within ulster as well as in rockland um and again it's a document that's there as a guide so it's not the gospel it doesn't have to be followed religiously it's a good plan to show coaches listen this is what we are hoping that you're going to do at under six and under eight and the under 10 coach were hoping then that they would have a look below that and say okay well they should have this and then you can challenge them within the under 10 group or looking to see if they're really excellent and if they're really taking on board all the skills and information that you want can we challenge them then for the under 12 model but to have it then looks into them when you're coming backwards and if you need to change things and if you need to make things a little bit easier or a little bit harder you have that document there rather than coming and going oh what am i going to do here and um, this player is not being challenged enough or this is too hard for them how are we going to change things so within that pathway would have resources to go along with that and one of the things that obviously also ga would come up with um with my colleagues as well um was a fantastic resource the gaelic star program 
Um, and again, it has hand and kick and strike and for under six, under eight, under tens, all the way for hurling football, obviously ladies football and um, camogie as well comes into that too. But again, it can be used for, I've used it in soccer sessions, <laughs> used it for athletics. It's fully transferable um, and it's a fantastic resource for clubs because they can follow it to the letter on week one, what's done in week one, what's done week two, or they can do what I would do is pick out bits and pieces from here and there. I think, again, once you get to know your players, obviously you'll have a better idea of what to do there. Um, but again, trying to help coaches in their own coaching through, obviously, um, empowerment and engagement and communication, but also giving them tools for that. So, you know, they might not even use it. They might not even use They might only use it for... Um, at the start of the season or in the middle of the season and some of them have loads of ideas and they just want to eat everything up so again it just it depends on the club and depends on the buy-in from the club with that um, and one of the things that happened with Rockland was that when you communicate that with them from the very start this is why we're doing it this is what we're hoping to achieve from it and hopefully this is what's going to happen in the future the more likely to buy into it um, for a club to go out and do their own thing there's loads of resources out there um, but what I would advise for clubs is the GA especially to have enough people on the ground full time staff as well as obviously ex-employees like myself um, you know we are always willing to pick up the phone always willing to come and help them or even over a phone call as well as the already fantastic staff within the four provinces so we use them you know and use the resources already out there um, and some of the resources that I would still use um, within obviously the GA ladies and camogie as well, but also within other sports, so much out there. Yeah, um, you, you don't need to be reinventing the wheel. No, yeah, no, definitely okay. not. You mentioned Rockland a couple of times. I'm sure there's a few people listening going, where is this Rockland GA club? Uh, I've never heard of it. Uh, in New York, you were a uh, games promotion officer games over there. Games development officer, Games yeah. development officer, sorry. Would you maybe give us a very brief insight? Because I'm sure people are wondering what it's like, well, first of all, for uh, GA clubs that are, not in Ireland, but are in in different provinces, and then the challenges maybe of of uh, promoting Gaelic games in not outside Ireland, if that makes sense. So uh, very fortunate to have got that position within Rockland, and it was a how it came about was um, Emmett Condon, who was previously the Hurling Development Officer out there, had let me know that this job was coming up. So um, went and found it, gained semi CV, and applied. Um, had two Skype interviews got the job but then it was three months obviously until I got my visa now within those three months between the January started January and the April 2017 I had three full months of double jobbing um, and again also GA know about this so it's fine <laughs> I'm not telling them anything they didn't know because of the time difference um, obviously with also GA was a Department of Education Physical Literacy Coach um, obviously a subject very close to your own heart saving um, and one of the things we looked at was uh, when we were in the primary schools I'd be finishing school and I'd be home half four roughly and then obviously but that's only starting off in New York so it's only half eleven so by ten o'clock at night eleven o'clock at night I'd be in the middle of New York stuff um, between phone calls and having an idea of where I wanted to take the club because I'd done so much research on the club for the interviews one of my mantles is you don't ask you don't get and I asked for everything 
um, all information from the club in terms of how many coaches they had when they'd done um, their last coach education course and Simon Gillespie um, who's now obviously left his role with New York Games Development Manager Simon started with Ulster GA with me so he was a massive help as well as the club themselves because again the information that I got from for that for the interview then helped me planning for when I did go out in April and one of the things I was very conscious of doing was meeting people before I start a job or having given somebody a ring just to get the lay of the land. So with Rockland, there was four people who came home. So Emmett Woods um, from Palmer I was the first one I met. Met Emmett in Dublin. Um, and then I met uh, Vince Tyre in Belfast. I met Niall, Ma- Niall McKenna. Um, met Niall Monahan, Monahan man. And then I met the chairman, the newly appointed chairman, when he came back. Um, he's another Pomeroy man. So I met them face to face, which was brilliant. Because then it gave me an, a sense of, obviously it's different when you're on the phone or over email. And you can only get a sense of somebody can see their facial expressions and you can't get a sense of what they think of you. Um so that was completely enlightening because everything that I was hoping to do, they were basically giving me free reign. Um, and free reign in the sense of I'd done it before with Ulster GA in a different setting and I thought it would work. And they were very willing. They would say, OK, I had to obviously demonstrate why we were doing it and what was the purpose of it. So do we have the capacity to do it? Um, is it going to help the club? And am I going to, you know, be able to do it myself, you know, because obviously it was the full, first, only full-time development officer in the club. Um, so whenever that happened, again, over emails, over Facebook, by the time I got out there in April, it was full steam ahead and very fortunate in the time I landed out there, I landed here the April, 1st of April, <laughs> 2017, April Thursday. Um, my now, my uh, girlfriend at the time, who then became my fiance and who's now my wife, came the first week, which made a huge difference as well. They were very supportive in terms of myself, um, Kira as well, as well as the long distance element that I was going to have and that we had for nearly 18 months roughly. So they were very supportive in terms of going home and um, I never asked them to go home. I just said, listen, I'm going home. I booked a week here for Christmas. I was always conscious of the GA conference, so I would always stay on for that and then I'd go back. And then in August, I would roughly have a month give or take depending obviously last year 2018 was different at about six weeks away so I did but for a couple of reasons um and the club as I said when I land out there they were in the middle of finishing off their uh, clubhouse state-of-the-art clubhouse when I came home one of the elements of it was I could turn the lights on and off on my phone from Ireland and um, I could turn the audio system on it was phenomenal what they did and again club volunteers, club people who obviously um, give their own time and a lot of them give their own money as well for that. Um, but an extremely community-based club and it's different in the sense of community-based at home to over there. Um, not obviously that it's better over there. It's just that there's more people from different counties, different other clubs and you get a more sense of a community because there's so many communities within the one community, if that makes sense. Um, so in terms of uh, if you need anything or there's always you know somebody there, whether they're from Kerry or Dublin or Fermanagh or it doesn't matter, um, which is fantastic. I had the All-Stars. So uh, in the start of July, uh, they had decided to do, for the opening of the... Um, of the fields and obviously the reopening of the fields and then the opening of the 
new clubhouse that brought out 32 All-Stars. Uh, so Peter Canavan, Darrow Kinheja, Tommaso Shea, Paul Galvin, all the lads. Quiet weekend. Quiet weekend in fairness, yeah, but they were phenomenal. They were absolutely phenomenal. We had uh, land out the Thursday, they went back to Tuesday. Um, each All-Star was sponsored by a member of the club. Um which was a phenomenal achievement even to get that. Uh, just and I'm seeing Pat McEnany came out and refereed the game. Uh, Brian Mullins uh, and Billy Morgan were the two managers of the All-Star teams. Just phenomenal weekend. Obviously those bands and those kids' activities. But what we asked of the All-Stars especially was, listen, just get involved. Um, I remember, I'll never forget, there was one... Um, Sean Halpine in particular, uh, obviously doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. Um, and it was on the Saturday and we were having a blitz. Um, one of the things, uh, I had obviously organised the referees and one of the referee, young referees was running late. So in order for the timing, and again, timings are very important for me, so I didn't want to run over. I didn't want to get the blame for running over either. So went over to Sean Ogan and said, listen, Sean, there's on a 14 game on here. And it was 32 degree heat. I said, would you referee it for me? He said, hey, yeah, no problem. Unbelievable. He was, I'd say he'd done more steps, more miles than natural players. There's photos of him in that game and he's actually right up beside play and he's dripping at the end of it. Absolutely dripping. But that was the kind of thing that happened the whole weekend. Um, Brendan Duhur uh, was the one. Um, Decky Mayhem from Galway. Just phenomenal in terms of helping out, uh, messing about with the children, kind of doing wee skill sessions with them. And all of the All-Stars were awesome. Some of them were out the whole time. Um, Peter Canavan, uh, we James McCartan came out a little bit later, but again, just got involved, got their hands dirty, um, got involved in the weekend to make it a phenomenal weekend. Um, then obviously we had the summer camps and it was in schools over there too, um, which is a completely different element <laughs> to Ireland. So the Ireland and the GA, obviously going into schools as a full-time member of staff with Ulster GA is relatively easy. You know the principle, you'll go in there as long as you have insurance and if your own insurance, if you're going in privately, you're fine. Whereas over in New York, you have to get fingerprinted. And if I want to go outside the district, which the district could be the size of kind of the campus here, I'm going out the district, I have to get my fingerprints done again. So in terms of red tape and bureaucracy, no sports go in to elementary schools really um, because they have their full-time elementary PE teachers. Mm -hmm. They have their music teachers, they have their drama teachers. So the children move around like a secondary school. So they'll be in a session for 40 minutes to go into another session. And these are four and five-year-olds. Um, which their physical literacy element when I went out there was way ahead of any child that I had with Ulster or had seen before, simply because they're doing it at least twice a week, plus obviously their recess and um, before and after school clubs, but also that so many of the children are playing different sports as multi-sport um, participants, which was massive and especially something with Rockland that um, we always encouraged um, and we had a lot of high-profile um, people within the club who encouraged that and one of them being Pat Murray who family is from Monaghan he um, is a three time All-American kicker for Fordham University he's actually um, now in their Hall of Fame um, then he was a kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well as the New Orleans Saints he's back now playing GA for the club but the children and everybody within the club 
love him because he is a club member. He comes to all the events. He I had him in a camp talking to the children, had him at the conference talking about multi-sport and why it's very important. If you want to go into the NFL or if you want soccer, athletics, colleges, look for multi-sport athletes. So they do, um, which is important for our athletes because some of them obviously enjoy the GA, enjoy the hurling, the ladies' club and the camogie, but there's no scholarship for it. So it's the community and the full element, um, which then they can volunteer. So a lot of them would have volunteered at their summer camp, which their volunteer hours goes then towards their college application, which is very good for them in terms of, you know, showing what they're doing outside school, um, in the community and um, within different sports. So again, brings the whole round holistic athlete that the colleges look for. And one thing we brought into Rockland as well was we were, I was very conscious because of that of engaging with our parents. So under six, right up to under 18, or we had a parent night. So very self-explanatory. A lot of them knew when the events were happening, but I would state what was expected of the parents, what's expected of the coaches, what's expected of the players, but for the parents and the coaches to work together. So if um, Mark Comerford, who, when I came, him and Niall McKenna were under eight coaches, and they're now up to um, under tens, so that whole way up, um, they were always communicating with the parents in terms of internal blitzes, internal games, as well as obviously the New York minor board games. And some of the parents would be brilliant at replaying and coming back to them some of them wouldn't so just that element even if listen if you're if one thing you do is just communicate with the coaches that's fantastic you know and it really did work um very well with us because we rockland was uh different in terms of other clubs because we're the only club in the new york area that had our own um fields at that time and Shannon Gales now um, have um, their own fields now in Queens which were opened just uh, before I came home there last uh, April time um, so they're doing a phenomenal job they have their own part-time games development officer also so when I came in I was the only one within the club and then there was Simon he was over in New York and then obviously um, Emmett as I said and then Mickey Quigg came in as the hurling development officer so I wasn't really reporting in New York. I would help them out in terms of numbers. Didn't have to report to the GEA in Coke Park because they weren't paying me. The club were paying me. And the club were paying my accommodation, my car, my rent, everything. Um, but I would still let, obviously, Pat Daly and um, everybody in Coke Park, Pat Kilhan, obviously, know what we were doing. And that's how it came about of um, doing the five-star centre um, in Lincoln Elementary School so being the only ones outside outside Ireland to do that um, but again it was only because of the school because of that they had a GA element there was a lot of staff in the school that were uh, had Rockland children at the club they were involved in the club so it was a no-brainer to get involved in that school um, just simply because of the logistics um, It sounds like you put a, a very strong emphasis on building relationships oh, right yeah. from the get-go Yes would you think that's something that you bring into your that you would have learned from coaching, or is that something you try to bring to any in coaching that you're involved with? Um, that's a good question. I, whenever whenever I was playing, obviously, I'm a bit of a an extrovert, so I like talking to people, I like meeting people, and obviously you know that yourself, Stephen, as well. Um, but one of the elements that 
when we're coaching and obviously going to conferences and working with us for GA and working with us the ladies in Rockland um, as well as my role now with Special Olympics and you know asking coaches and asking people who are far more experienced than myself in different disciplines what are some of the things that you would always do whether it was in coaching or business and building relationships is the biggest one and especially with Rockland because it it, when I did go out on the 1st of April 2017, when I landed out there, there was about 10 people that I had either met or was in constant contact over phone or email or Facebook Messenger. So without actually shaking their hand, I knew them. I knew their family background. I knew how many kids they had. Um, I knew what uh, what age group they were working with. I knew if they were a, a parent in the club, whether they were a parent and a coach, whether they were somebody who helped out just at events, um, whether they were on the committee. So I had a good grasp before I landed out there, which made the transition so much easier. And again, because of how they reacted to me um, and gave me the freedom to do that, and also G.A. with the exact same, um, and also ladies as well, getting to know people and getting to know people on the ground, and that's what I'm trying to do now, and my new role is um, go out to events and be seen, you know, and uh, ask people how they're getting on, do they need any assistance, um, my phone and email, like people um, would ring me and text me, you know, just to have a chat, and I'd meet them for coffee as much as I can, you know, because not only, again, to build relationships with them, but kind of not what I can get out of it because in my head it's okay I'll build this relationship and then maybe down the road I'll you know um, I might be useful to come and watch a session or you know to kind of pick that coach's brains for you know um, what to think of a different scenario or if there's something challenging happening what they think of it so you're building relationships to make your life nearly much easier and as a coach especially it's massive not only with obviously your own coaches and your coaches within your group that you're working with and the coaches within the club but building a relationship with the players because if you don't have that relationship with the players then I think that you're missing a huge trick there because obviously in relation to my own coaching you know the, it's the player first and then the person person first all the time so it is the player second so okay um so basically what I'm getting from you now, like everything you talked, you talked about how uh, much work you did before you went to New York. You've talked about the work you put in be, uh, in terms of the background, building relationships, but also in terms of getting resources and stuff like that ready. So you're very prepared uh, into what you're going on with. And speaking of preparation, we send out uh, for those who listen to the show uh, regularly, we ask three questions at the end all the time and usually we leave it till the end. But we, what we do is we send this out to uh, to the guests before they come on just to give them an idea of what's coming on. And Owen has come in with a library of information here, uh, particularly around resources and stuff like that. So. I'm going to jump into this because it's brilliant stuff and uh, we will put the whole thing up on uh, on the Twitter page and maybe a link to any blogs and stuff like that that you have on. But I'd like to jump in maybe at the books first of all because I really, really like the way uh, th- th- the ones that you've brought in. So we might t- talk about them for a little bit and then go into the resources if that's okay. No problem, Stephen. So again, um, I am organised and love planning and having myself ready for any sessions or anything that I'm doing. But then when the session starts, it's a little bit organised chaos. So obviously, when you finish listening to this podcast, you might be thinking, yeah, he probably was organised, but that talk was completely organised chaos. So in terms of the book, so obviously the first one will be um, Coaching Better Every Season by Wade Gilbert. 
Um, so anybody who, if you haven't read it yet or you haven't got it, it's a year-round kind of system for ratty development and program success. Um, basically a blueprint for coaches um, in terms of their pre-season, in-season, post-season, off-season as well. But this book is probably one of the best books that I've read on coaching, not only within coaching, but you could use it for business um, as a CEO or as a leader in your own right. Um, and I'd recommend it to any coach, no matter what sport, age, level you're coaching at. My basic uh, experience is obviously coached at every age group and with every team, but under sixes, under eights, phenomenal. But this book, whether you're working with that age group or senior teams or Elite Performance International. This book is fantastic. It provides insights um, on different aspects and you can relate even to the most unique situations um, for your own coaching. But I definitely recommend that. And obviously Wade has done a lot in terms of his own research. So there's a lot of stuff on Wade Gilbert as you would know yourself, Stephen, and you too, Niall. Second one then would be the uh, Conscious Coaching by um, Brent Bartholomew. Uh, so more uh, foundational principles of Improving relationships, as we talked about before, and enhancing engagement and trust of athletes uh, through kind of targeted kind of communication basis. Uh, you learn kind of strategies to apply to your day-to-day coaching, but also your work life, uh, making sure that you can set the stage for kind of coaches people you're working with the athletes that you're working with. Again, not only within the sport, but obviously beyond that also. Um, and obviously this one is uh, obviously the importance of relationships, communication and buy-in as well. So uh, this here is, there's, as we know, there's no shortcuts in any. If you're planned, um, if you undertake a holistic approach for your athletes, for your players, for the people that you're working with, it's going to make your life so much better. Um, and hopefully then that, that kind of foundation will build success whether that's success in winning trophies or whether that's success in kind of good all-around people and that would be the most important element for me is whenever they leave you how are they as people and that's one of the most important roles as you as a coach that i would think anyway and then the last book is called the energy bus by john gordon um so again it's uh 10 secrets for approaching your life and work um with kind of positive forward thinking attitude um and it's a journey that kind of overcome negativity and adversity um and again create success whether whatever that success is for you but for this here one for myself what i took out of it was a positive attitude so no matter what's happening um have a positive uh, outlook on it whether you're reflecting there's always something to be gained out of making mistakes, out of trying something new. If it doesn't work, I'd always say to coaches, have a go and you will know. Say the same to children. I can't do that. There's no such word as can't. It's two words put together. It's a lazy word. Have a go at it. Have a go and you will know. So this here one is fantastic for that because it's a it's a rule and a, not a rule, but it's a, um, a mantle that kind of I would kind of take into all sessions. You're always going to learn something. And if you have a positive outlook on it, um, again, you'll hopefully overcome any challenge or adversity towards that. But reflecting on that positively, whatever you do, no matter what happens, have a positive cap on you when you're doing that. And if for anyone, if we had a video here, you can uh, you can see the enthusiasm in which Owen is talking here. Um, 
just in terms of the other resources, I, I would imagine a lot of people um, would know you from Twitter. You are quite quite the prolific tweeter. Um, you but know all for, about that uh, too. <laughs> for anyone who is on Twitter, Owen puts up some fantastic material. It's all free and he puts up an awful lot of stuff and, and promotes discussion and debate and stuff like that. Have you found an awful lot of uh, benefits for your own self in that like I know you talked about building relationships earlier on but you're like through Twitter are building relationships with people and coaches that you haven't even met so again I would always say that um, I wrote a blog um, for Kieran Daly and again Kieran would be one of the people that um, advise you to kind of follow as well uh, so the blog was on kind of let us play and it came about because again it was a discussion I put up on Twitter about fun and what fun meant. And within that, then, there was a couple of people that I have met before um, who engaged within that, and it kind of took off. And uh, I was thinking, okay, I'll just sit back and watch this and see how it goes. And what came of it was um, what people see as fun, whether it's as a child or as a youth or as an adult. And um, Dr. Andrew Abrahams was one of the people who obviously got involved in the discussion. I've met um, Andrew at Leeds Beckett University when he was involved with the second I Coach Kids Conference um, over Leeds Beckett in um, 2018. But within that, uh, Reed Malt, Reed Maltby, he got involved in the discussion. And again, he's one of these people from America that, again, have met. Um, but have built up a discussion with him over Twitter messaging as well as um, getting involved in some of his areas of kind of coach development and engagement. Um, and Richard Cheatham is another one, two-wheel prof, um, phenomenal man, met him about, must be about eight, nine years ago when he was working for Ulster G. He came and done a session for Sport NA and we were obviously used as the guinea pigs ourselves and the AFA staff and he'd done a, um, a session on multi um, different movements So, but kept adding to it as we went along and we were thinking before where is this going where is he going with this and it was a complete organised chaos but by the end of it we were thinking oh, that's why he's doing that and that's why he's using that. But again, it was all questioning, setting the task and then getting us to think and make decisions. But the last one then was uh, this year, it came about then from um, Dr. Amanda um, Visek. So her research now is on fun maps. So from that discussion on Let Us Play, I've got the now finished research on fun maps. And again, I have it. Um, and it's excellent because it shows what fun means to children and people and it puts them into different categories so obviously um playing the game is one of the elements so that would be the full element but then what within that means fun for them so making friends building relationships communication um smiling stuff they got there so that there was just something that i put up and it just kind of took on a life of its own but in relation to twitter i always say that twitter it can be um not a nice space to be involved with obviously especially with some of the um, trolls and stuff but if you're being specific in what you want and who you follow um, and follow any hashtags whether it's coaching children or whether it's physical literacy you'll get a huge amount of stuff and it's a fantastic learning resource for yourself there's so many people putting up videos from america elementary teachers yourself Stephen. some research obviously the research on physical literacy camogie obviously um nail and the ladies ladies football the ga soccer universities as well as academics putting up their own stuff and 
they're so accessible and that's probably the beauty of it because you won't you'll see them at a conference and you know yourselves the two is when you come to a conference the best part is networking but within that networking you might only be able to meet the person for 10 minutes get a little bit off them and then that's it whereas on twitter send them a message and eight nine times out of ten they will get back to you and again it's a phenomenal learning resource and anybody who is not on twitter and is not using it for their learning on their coaching or their coach education or just as a player even you know how how can they improve their performance how can they improve you know their athletes or um build relationships communication etc needs to be on it um and some of the things obviously as the resource that obviously i talked about um kieran daly and reed multi and Obviously, Sergio Larbarcial, yourself, Stephen, will be one that I have down here as well um, in terms of your research, especially on physical literacy. Um, Camogie Association, Ladies Gaelic Football, learning.ga.ie, uh, all the provincial GA websites, um, the FAA, the IFA, even the FA in England have an excellent um, online kind of resources and stuff too. Um, Colm Nally, uh, Barry Milan, uh, Barry Burke, I believe PHQ, which is a really good one in terms of um, what athletes want. And it does brilliant infographics on that and um, about not only is what coaches should be doing, but parents and players and children, what children want from sessions and stuff as well. Um, working with parents in sport, um, Gordon is McLennan is a... Um, He's nearly all over Britain and he's starting to go all over the world now in relation to engaging parents in sport. Um, he's working with... Um, he was with Leinster Rugby um, before, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, um, as well as Richard Cheatham as well. Uh, Wade Gilbert, Richard Bailey, Stephen Poacher, Colm Crowley, um, any elementary school teachers, any sport at all. And again, if you're searching any hashtags like coaching, coaching children, physical literacy, development, learning, you're going to get so much from it. You're going to have people frantically <laughs> hitting rewind here now, trying to figure out all the resources. But don't worry, we will post yeah. every single thing up on Twitter. And um, and don't be afraid to get in contact with Owen. He is extremely approachable and accessible. Um, you mentioned I coach kids a couple of times mm-hmm. there, and Dr. Uh, Sergio... Uh, Larry Bercial. Um I first met you at the iCoach Kids Conference uh, in Limerick this year. Um, you're talking about fun in terms of uh, your practical workshop that you did yourself. I know everyone came out of it dripping with sweat, but also big smiles on their faces. So can you maybe talk a little bit what iCoach Kids is and maybe how you came to be involved with it? Uh, well, again, so going back to Sergio Larry Bercial. So Sergio, again, similar to Richard Cheatham, known Sergio now for about 10 years roughly again similar thing um done work with sport and i that they would have then kind of piloted with us in relation to physical literacy but more in depth in terms of balance and center of gravity and um how the athlete is um and how the child is engaging in sessions so from that then obviously sergio um we kept in touch and you know again through twitter and stuff and i was actually coming back uh mentioned about the i coach kids the second second conference and um, was coming back and um he said are you going to it and um i said yeah yeah i'd like to but again i was i had been at home for four weeks i was then going away on holiday with um kira and obviously she was miss fiance at the time so i was going away with her and then coming back and it would mean going to rockland for two days and then flying to leeds <laughs> so and luckily enough i had a meeting with my games development committee that evening so i said sergio tell you what um, 
I would love to come and thank you for asking me to be involved in it. I'll let you know tomorrow. I'll see what the club say. They were so happy because they could see that it was a bit of PR for them as well as myself to, to showcase the club to obviously um, some like-minded people, but as an international conference, it was huge. So that was in April 2000, or sorry, September 2018. And from that then, obviously, that was when I first really got involved in iCoach Kids from that. And obviously, the iCoach Kids is a learner-centered, community-based kind of collaborative project. And from when it started to where it is now has kind of snowballed completely, mainly because of the work that Sergio, obviously the Belgian Football Association, Sport Ireland, Sheila Quinn is extremely involved in it with Sport Ireland in terms of them, uh, Leeds Beckett University also. Um, and it just seems to create a kind of innovative, uh, innovative learning and development opportunities for people coaching children and young people, people in sport and in life as well. But it's free. It's a free resource and there's the videos and the money that obviously Sergio has spent. I don't know how much, but by the quality of the videos, the quality of the content, the amount of work that's been put into it, um, they record the videos in Madrid um, and it's phenomenal. Um, and then to have it for free is amazing. So um, again, being involved in that and obviously promoting it and PR and it obviously on Twitter and, and being a real advocate for it because the MOOC one is out now at the minute and it's been on Don't explain the oh, MOOC. Sorry, yeah. sorry. So within iCoach Kids, there's uh, three learning resources that they're um, coming up with. The MOOC one, um, so it's a, a massive online um, kind of collaborative project that's related for coaching children and that's out now at the minute MOOC 2 and MOOC 3 are later and they're coming they're finished and I hope I'm writing that and apologise if I'm not Sergio if you're listening to this um, they are finished and they're going to come online later but again it's on um, the you can follow it on obviously Twitter and the website is icoachkids.eu and again it's on YouTube so you subscribe to YouTube Again, it's free and you can come in and out of the different modules. So one of them is the role of a coach, uh, how to be a holistic coach, um, foundational movements for children. So how to build those in, um, kind of parental engagement as well, how to um, engage with parents within your club, within your team. And again, it's giving coaches resources that's going to help them and help the children and the players within their uh, within their care and again Sergio is the main driver for this and if you follow him on Twitter you will get all of the stuff that he puts up within his own coaching so he practices what he preaches he obviously has a, his basketball team is a, or won the national championships there this year as you would know Stephen yourself and um, the some of the stuff that he does with his team is fantastic and it's just a real eye-opening experience to show somebody of that experience, of that knowledge, who's involved in this, getting down and practicing exactly what he has on the iCoach Kids. And it's tested and it's evidence-based. And there's been a massive um, a massive um, bibliography and lit review that's went into this. So it's not just what Sergio has said, it's research-based, evidence-based, which again adds um, adds to the value of it also you yeah, know absolutely the resources are fantastic and as you said they're free and readily available um we're coming towards the end and um, we'll jump back into the questions in terms of uh, the ones we usually ask so you've talked and touched an awful lot on this already but maybe in terms of a summary what does the term successful coach mean to you 
um, well, probably in my own one, it would be if you're a successful coach, then sorry, it's not about trophies and it's not about winning. However, we're all competitive, so we all want to win. It's about keeping that in perspective. So challenging your players and um, being a holistic coach. So caring about what's happening off the field or off the court for your players, as well as coaching the person and making sure that they're okay, they're enjoying it, they're learning. And if they're learning, hopefully, hopefully then success will happen. Whether that is trophies, and if it is, great. If not, then you will be building all around good people for society. And that's the biggest thing that I think would be a successful coach's helping people become even better whether it's in their work in their school life family life um outside as i said the coaching coaching dynamic um it's interesting that you hear all the top coaches when they talk about success they talk about coaching the person and having better people and the 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 medals and the trophies are nearly a byproduct um i'll move on to the last question you've been brilliant with your time so it's much appreciated what are your top tips for developing coaches other than joining Twitter, obviously. So one of the my top tips for development coaches for myself in my own role or? For someone who's listening who they could be a basketball coach, a soccer coach, someone with a under 12, under 13, under 14 team, maybe top tips for those coaches looking to strive to get better. Ask questions and try and figure out what is your way. I'd always ask coaches What's your way? Why are you here? Why are you coaching the team you're coaching? Why do you do the session you do? Um, what is your theme? Why? Always why. So one of the things I would always say to coaches is for their own improvement is reflect on what they're doing. Um, not only with themselves, if you're reflecting on your own performance, it can be a little bit um, through rose-tinted glasses. You mightn't be as honest as you should be. So don't be afraid to have somebody come in and watch your sessions and be honest with you and what your what your session was like. Would they change anything? What was positive about it? Um, and be constructive in that. But for your own development is reflect on everything you're doing, no matter what it is. So be positive about your reflections in that. So if something did not go well, Again, be positive. Think about why it didn't go well. Think about what were the reasons behind that. What would you change? Um, was it because the area that you're working with was too small, that was too big, it wasn't challenging for the players? Um, now, usually when that happens, and as a coach developer, we would take obviously coaches through a session and they'd obviously have to do it in front of everybody. We'd then debrief them. And a lot of the times, session went really well. It was just the mantle of the house. Oh, I don't know about that. I think I might change that. No, no, no. What went really well for you? What what was positive? Mm, I didn't like the way I did that. No, no. So the positive element for coaches can be quite difficult, especially the Irish society. We're a little bit, you know, everything's grand. You know, don't worry about it. It'll, It'll be fine. You know, so, but I would always say to coaches, make sure that you have a plan in your head. If it works, brilliant. But if you have a session planned out and you go through A, B, C, D, E, F in that session, you go through it exactly like you have it planned, you're not coaching, you're babysitting because it's not going to work like that. And I have sessions all the time, even now, coaching under sixes or coaching adult men's team or a women's team. 
and you just know rightly before the session, you just get a feeling that it's going to be one of those sessions, whether the door's not been opened or whether you've lost your keys or you forgot your keys. But one of the things is obviously be planned in that. So I would always be there a session beforehand um, for four-year-olds, five-year-olds, for adult teams, mainly for my own preparation. Everything's colour-coded. Everything is set out. Looks like a big runway. Airplane could land down it, no problem. But it's colour-coded for me and the players so if I want to if we're in the red zone I said okay we're going to finish now we're going to go down to the blue area instead of one of my pet hates is coaches and again if they set it up and it's like this fine but it's really a pet hate of mine so any coaches on a coach development course with me if I see loads of different colour cones in one section and you're setting everybody down they might ask where are we going oh yeah so we're going down there words down there because they're all different colours so they can't see where it is so that's another element be planned have everything set out the way you want it to set out and then you've usually 20 minutes before the session starts to chill out think about what you're going to do in the session what might change what you might change to make another team in your club might be coming along and training and you hadn't planned for it so how are you going to change things and for your own development for coaches again be reflective but have a go at something. Try something new. And again, if you're not sure if it's going to work, don't be afraid to ask somebody. You know, have you tried this? Or especially if somebody uh, has done it before and you want to try it out, um, and ask the players. Don't be afraid to ask the players because they will tell you straight out, especially children. And as one thing, working with um, children and especially six-year-olds and five-year-olds, they'll tell you no problem straight away if they enjoyed it or not and you know rightly straight away if they do enjoy it and adult men's and women's teams are very similar they want to challenge the coach they want to be, keep everything varied so it's a good challenge for yourself too so at half time one of our coaches in Rockland Dave Fitzgerald um, I'd, I'd heard this some coaches have done it and in America it was happening a couple of times and he done it in an under 10 game and brought in his players and I just happened to be within earshot and he started asking them, so what went really well in that first half? And I was like, oh. And the players were answering the question. Now, it took him to ask the question three times before that happened because they hadn't, it hadn't happened before. So they were making decisions. They were coming up with a plan then for the second half. Um, he didn't do it during every game. He did it kind of um, during certain games and against certain teams just to see what the players would come up with so being open being honest um, engaging with other coaches communicating with your players because um, you want to change behaviour you want to change your players behaviour whether it's on the field or off the field but also changing your own behaviour and you know the old time you might be coming and um, you just might be in a bad mood and again don't be afraid to tell them that you're in a bad mood because they might cheer you up. So I've done that loads of times with children and it's so hilarious. I'm, I'm really angry. I don't, I'm really, really angry here. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then they go, oh, so can we play Toilet Tiger? Can we play? Oh, okay. So how do you play that? So it always kind of give them ownership of the game too. So letting them play, letting them come up with a game and do that with all teams. Have free play during your session because you will learn from the players. They will learn from you. And it's building that community practice within your team as well, as we talked about earlier on. 
Yeah, and I think that's a nice way to finish it. We come full circle. Uh, Owen, thanks a million. You've been brilliant with your time. Uh, your positivity is absolutely infectious here. Um, I really like the points uh, you mentioned there, the communities of practice. I think any club, any sport could, could bring that in and, and get coaches learning from each other and not just in a formal, uh, formal manner. Um, the points about building relationships are key, both in coaching and in life, and, and even the simple things about having making sure the parents are communicating with coaches and stuff, and just reinforcing that those simple things make life very easy for us. Um, uh, uh, the, the other point that really stood out for me today uh, when talking to you was how much you related coaching to life skills, and I think sometimes as coaches we forget that. It's not all about winning the, the under-15 league or the under-15 trophy or whatever it might be, but we're actually preparing young kids and, and uh, teenagers to, for life in terms of life skills and stuff, and I think that's really important. Oh, and thanks a million for coming in. Thank you very much, lads. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Bubble, and I hope you learned something to help you with your own coaching. Please follow us on Twitter, at Bubble Coaching, where we'll put any books or resources mentioned on the show up on the page. You can now subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. And feel free to get in touch with any feedback. We'd love to hear from you. As always, the show is produced by Niall Williams and the Coach Education Centre of the Camogie Association. Thanks for listening.